Tonight on Huckabee, Sidney Powell, Skillet's John Cooper, Shonda Pierce, and music from Point of Grace. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike Huckabee! Welcome, everybody. We are so glad to have you. Hey, Keith, looks yes, like sir. we got Christmas decorations all Beautiful. over our set. What about at your house? I mean, uh, you done any Christmas shopping well, or decorating yet? We, we keep our tree up all year long. Uh -huh. I'm a little lazy. <laughs> a I don't know. No, I was, I was out in the mall the other night. Of course, yeah? I had my mask on, keeping my distance. And I hope. This beautiful nativity Actually, people were set. keeping their distance from you. That's, Th what that's true. It's <laughs> happened all my life. I don't know. But there were these two ladies there, and I, I was just listening to them talk to each other, and they were admiring this nativity set. And one said to the other, she said, you know, I can, I, I really get the uh, immaculate conception, but mm -hmm. three wise men? Uh, Come on. <laughs> uh, you know, they may have a point there, but you know, there is never a bad time to have some wise men and wise women show up on the scene. That's right. I mean, we really could have used some when the coronavirus rolled into the country, that is for sure. Well, hey, how many of you remember back in March? You know, we shut everything down in the entire world to flatten the curve. That was so that we would be able to open everything back up by Easter. Now, I get it that we're told to listen to the scientist. But honestly, it gets a little hard to do when the scientists themselves don't agree and when they sometimes tell us something that they totally reverse a short time later. Early on, we were implored to not wear a mask. Do not wear a mask. I remember Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was considered the expert on all things COVID, as well as the Surgeon General. They spoke at a news conference urging that only medical professionals wear a mask. Because we were told that it was very dangerous for us to wear a mask if we weren't medical professionals because we'd be more likely to touch our faces. And if we wore a mask, we would die. So we were told to disinfect everything that we touched because the virus lingered for days on the surfaces of all the things that we touch. Somehow we were told that it would be safe to go to Walmart or the supermarket, but if we went to a small boutique where only a couple of people were in the store, we would surely die. Churches got closed, but casinos didn't. You weren't permitted to get a mammogram or have a tooth pulled, but you were allowed to have an abortion because in someone's twisted mind, an abortion was essential, but church or having a cancer screening was not. Now, we were told to stay away from large groups, but if we rioted or looted a store or tossed bricks at a police officer, we'd be safe. It was about at that time that much of the general public realized that COVID was serious, not minimizing that at all. But some of the political figures ordering us about as if we were three-year-olds in potty training weren't trying to control a deadly disease as much as they were trying to control us. 
Hey, we were ordered to wear the very mask that we had just weeks before been told would kill us. And we were told no need to spray those groceries or the boxes that are delivered with the disinfectant because it wouldn't be helpful after all. Now, I want to be as clear as I possibly can. COVID is real and it kills people. I've lost several friends who have died from this hideous disease, including a dear friend who is a pastor's wife in Arkansas and who once worked for me as an executive assistant in the governor's office. Aaron Wilburn, a wonderful Christian gentleman who is a great songwriter, performer, and comedian, and who was a regular here right here in our theater to entertain our studio audience, died just a week ago from COVID, broke all of our hearts. One of my own sons came down with it. And while having some symptoms of fever, sore throat, and cough, was able to get treated early and effectively and avoided the hospital stay or some of the severe consequences. And he was very careful to always wear a mask, sanitize, and socially distance. He had to isolate himself away from his three children and pregnant wife to avoid exposing them. When it comes to the seriousness of COVID, I don't believe many of the politicians who order the rest of us to avoid travel or socialization but then who go out and eat and they get haircuts and travel for vacation and even show up for big events. I don't need their hypocritical demands. I'll wear a mask. I'll avoid personal contact. I wash my hands and I keep distances, especially from people like Trey and Keith, because <laughs> look, I believe what's happened to my friends, even if I don't believe what hypocritical officials say, since they themselves don't believe anything they say. The cases and deaths this week are higher than they've ever been. So don't be foolish or careless. But next time you get to vote, don't vote for mayors and governors who tell you to do what they are unwilling to do. They think we're peasants, and they think they're princes and princesses. They aren't. But even the peasants have the power to rise up and demand that leaders live by the same rules that they impose on the rest of us. As legal challenges continue to bring light to alleged voter fraud in the 2020 election, the clock is ticking before the Electoral College will meet to cast their votes for president, just nine days from now. Across the monolithic media, we hear there is no evidence, but actually there are hundreds of sworn affidavits which are in fact evidence. My first guest says she has evidence of voter fraud on the biggest scale in world history. And as that the Justice Department either needs to get its act together or be cleaned out from the top down, preferably, as she says, with a fire hose and Clorox. Here's my conversation with former federal prosecutor, attorney for General Michael Flynn and former Trump legal counsel, Sidney Powell. Sydney, there are so many things I want us to visit about, but I need to get something sort of off the table. Uh, you have been quoted as saying that maybe voters shouldn't go into Georgia and vote in the Senate election, and that has been a very controversial position. Do you feel like that you really are asking Georgia Republicans to stay home and not vote in that uh, very critical runoff? Uh, no, that was completely misconstrued. Our point was that the system right now is corrupt, the Dominion machines cannot be relied on at all, and we want everyone, Republicans, the candidates, everyone to stand up and speak out about the fraud that happened in Georgia and find a way to vote 
in time that allows people to know that their vote is being counted the way they voted it. Because right now, the system is just as rigged as it was four weeks ago. We can't trust it. And there has to be a way to get it right so that everyone who votes, and we encourage everyone to vote, knows their vote is real and being counted and not shaded or uh, have results shaved off of it and given to another candidate or otherwise rigged. Well, I mean, you can't repeat the same procedure and expect a different result. Well, I appreciate your clarity on that because I, I think you've been vilified by some people who said that you were trying to uh, uh, essentially throw the election to the Democrats. And I said, I don't think that's what Sidney Powell would want <laughs> to do. I, I think I know her well enough. You, you are a rock star lawyer. And I say that with great affection and admiration for uh, the many things that you have done in your legal career that have been breakthrough moments. Um, what you're dealing with right now in looking at the election and the manner in which it was held in a lot of states. Have you ever dealt with anything quite like this before? And why should everyone be worried about it? Well, even the Democrats pointed this out years ago. I think Carolyn Maloney was the first person I saw raise any issue about it at all. And that was back in 2006, I believe, when she spoke out vehemently against it and wrote the Secretary of Treasury and other people it never should have been approved by CFIUS to have the Dominion machines used in the United States at all. I mean, none of us realized, well, I mean, I guess a few people did, like she did, and, and Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar in 2019 realized that our votes were being handled on a Venezuelan-created software platform and sent out of the country to be counted, again, by communist nations with complete hackability and ease of access to almost anyone who wanted it. I mean, we've seen a video of a 15-year-old hacking in the Dominion voting machines in a span of 10 minutes. And a pro can do it in less than two. We also identified the fact that the Smartmatic Dominion people left VPNs wide open and unencrypted to allow access by all kinds of foreign actors the night of the election. This election was manipulated by Evil nations like uh, China, Communist Party, which owns 75% of the investment company that owns Dominion, and then uh, also by Iran. There were Serbian people in the system at the time. Liechtenstein, I mean, there were hackers all over in our own election system during the election. And we know that the machine, Dominion machines were created for the very purpose of altering the vote count to ensure the election of people like Hugo Chavez and Maduro in Venezuela. The same thing is happening here now, and this isn't the first time it's happened, Mike. We don't even know how many elections have been rigged by virtue of the software. And, and Sydney, not surprisingly, Dominion comes out and says, these machines are absolutely foolproof. They're full of integrity. There's nothing to see here. Let's move on. But more surprisingly, because that's not a surprise. But more surprisingly, the media keeps saying there is no evidence. There's no evidence. You and others have shown hundreds of affidavits, sworn statements under penalty of perjury that means a person could go to prison for lying about it, of people who say they saw funny business going on. How come we can't seem to get the media and, and even the general public interested in the evidence that you have amassed and distributed? Well, I think it's extremely unsettling to know 
that American elections have been just as rigged as elections in third world countries have been. I'm sure the CIA has been involved in any number of those activities. If not here, in other places around the world, it may have been the CIA that created the software and programs to begin with and then exported them for their own use only to have it come back to us. It could be that you know very important, powerful, extremely wealthy people were involved in rigging this election. It, it's globalist interest. I mean, frankly, everyone in the world, except for the uh, millions of Americans that wanted to elect Donald Trump to clean up the swamp and drain the swamp, want this world to continue the way it was with them having all the power and working behind the scenes to rig elections and everything else so that they could profit from their own nefarious activities. You know, it, I mean, it's massive. I'm sure the media yeah. companies are involved in it too. I noticed how the, all the same, all the, the same night as if they were queued at once, they stopped counting electoral votes and the machines stopped counting in, all, in the swing states. It was all timed and planned and organized and funded. It, it sounds like a, a, a movie script, but we're talking about it in real time. And, and honestly, Sydney, some of the things that you're saying, it sounds preposterous. It, it almost is beyond description. In the one minute that we've got left, which is not enough time, but I, but I wanna keep you on your schedule, you separated yourself from the official uh, Trump campaign lawsuits. And I, I think the obvious question, why? Because I wanted to pursue the fraud wherever it goes. And at the time, the campaign was focused on an entirely different avenue of approach to the election issues. I knew how important the fraud was, not just to this country, but to the world. It should, uh, uh, people of both parties, of every party, every political persuasion should be concerned about this. As I said, the Democrats were until this election. So there's no telling how many congressional and Senate seats and even governorships we've lost, Mike, because of this. They've been telling us the country has been trending blue. It has not. That is an abject lie. And we've collected the data that's going to show that, among many other things. Uh, even though we're out of time, a quick answer on this one. Is it too late to change the results? No, it's not too late. Okay. No, it's not too late. The people must absolutely demand it. The electors have not been chosen yet. The fraud in Georgia is blatant. There's a video of it that's going viral where women in the, uh, the uh, State Farm Arena pulled out suitcases of ballots from under the table after they lied to people about the voting being over and needing to go home because of a, a, a break in a, a water line or something. That was a lie. And they counted for three hours and put illegal ballots through the machine. That was more than 20,000 votes for Biden that uh, were false, fraudulent ballots. That alone flips the state of Georgia. Hmm. And the fact that the uh, senators and the governors haven't risen up and demanded that that be fixed is extremely painful and telling. Well, Sydney, I've often said that if I ever get in trouble, I'm going to call you. And if you ever hear from me in the middle of the night, please take the call. Would you just make me that <laughs> promise? Thank you for being with us and, and sharing uh, on our show. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for all that you do. Well, I hope that we will take seriously some of the really startling revelations that Sidney Powell has shared with us tonight, because our great republic depends on integrity in our elections.
Now, you can keep up with Sydney Powell on Twitter and her website, sydneypowell.com. You can also pick up Sydney's books, including her latest, called Conviction Machine, wherever books are sold. Coming up, Christian rock star and author John Cooper, and later, comedian Shonda Pierce. You're watching Huckabee. As a singer, bassist, songwriter, and producer for the multi-platinum rock band Skillet, my next guest was once told that talking about his Christian beliefs would ruin his career. But he's since proved that idea to be false. He's got a brand new book, and it's all about those beliefs and what they can do in your life. It's called Awake and Alive to Truth. Please welcome John Cooper. Great having you here, John. I am so excited. I'm nervous. Why? I don't know. I've never done anything like this, so I'm glad to be with you tonight. Well, I am so thrilled you're here. This book is brand new, just coming out this week. So we are honored to be the first, I guess, television show since the book is released. Yeah. How thrilled we are. You are an amazing person because I, I mean, you're in the world-famous rock band Skillet. You travel all over the world. You have these great audiences. But you are unafraid to speak about your faith, and that... I think is commendable, and it's it's kind of bold on your part. Mm. Where do you get that strength and that courage? Oh man, you know that that great scripture. Jesus says, that "If you confess me before men, yeah. I will confess you before my Father." And I can't think of I can't think of anything better than that. You know, Jesus has been the force of my life. He's been the only thing I've found in my life worth living for. And art is meant to be an expression of what you believe and who you are. It's your chance to say something to the world about what matters to you. And to me, it's, it's all about that relationship with Christ. It's, it's the reason we're here to give glory to the Creator. So writing songs about that is special to me. Do you ever get some pushback in the music world? Never. John, dial it down. You don't? <laughs> Just like you. Nobody ever gets oh, you a problem yeah. either. <laughs> yeah, right. They sure don't. You start your book with a great story about some advice that you were given after a show. I want you to tell us about that because I think it's pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, obviously I was being facetious. So we were on this tour and it was a secular rock tour, not yeah. a Christian tour. Uh -huh. And we were a nobody band on it. We were the opening band. And so we had all gone out afterwards. I couldn't believe that I got invited to go out bowling with everybody. Bowling? Bowling with whoa, everybody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rock groups yeah. go bowling. That's not what we typically think of a rock band doing after a show. It could have been that that was the, that was the reason I got invited. Oh, okay. It was the first night they were doing something, okay. uh, you know, appropriate. All right, good. So uh, I got invited. It was really, it was great. I was excited to be there. There was famous people there. There were stars. Some professional athletes showed up. Uh, and all the kingmakers, all the uh -huh. music kingmakers. And somebody said, hey, John. And I thought, I can't believe they know who I am. And he pulled me aside. He said, I want to say something to you because nobody else is going gonna, is gonna to tell you. You guys could be the biggest band in the world, but it's time to strike. Do you know what I'm saying? And I said, yeah, I guess I know what you're saying. He goes, no, do you really know what I'm saying? Huh. And I said, I, not really. <laughs> He's like, you guys have the songs. You've got the look. You've got the spiritual thing going. People like spiritual stuff now, but 
You can be the biggest man in the world. You got to stop talking about Jesus. Mm. It, 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 it's fake. It's like Diet Coke of Coke. It's wow. not real rock and roll. You're like the diet version. You got to disassociate from Christ, Christian music, Christian radio. Don't talk about it. And then they began, he began to say, but think of all the good you could do in the world if you were a bigger star. Yeah. It's kind of like what the devil does, yeah. right? The devil says, yeah, but imagine this and this, what he did to Eve, right? Yeah. And so I prayed about it, and I just thought, that sounds a little bit like it could be true, but I know it's not. And I just, I just said, there's no way I could sell up my faith for, for rock and roll. What, what good does it do a man to you know, sell a soul and gain the whole world, right? So that's the story. Well, John, one of the things I admire most about you, you're a very thoughtful person, and, and you, you think deeply. You're not just a very shallow individual. When the riots happened in Kenosha, where you live now, it happened three blocks from your home. Mm. But you were very outspoken in love for people who were genuinely hurting, but also boldly saying that you can't burn your community down. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know what was really difficult was that that was a painful time for the, the entire nation, obviously. Yeah. A painful time, and we need. there's a lot we need to talk about we need Jesus to do a great work in our country, yes, right? And I believe he will if we turn our hearts to him. But there is a lot to talk about. But when you are threatening to burn my house down, yeah. I can't hear it. I can't hear that. The amount of Christians that were saying, yeah, but it's not that big of a deal. I just thought, I think that you guys have forgotten what true justice in the yeah. Bible actually looks like. And we live in a country that is built on really amazing, amazing philosophies about the inherent worth of each individual and, and on a, a God who loves true justice. Mm. And so I just felt like it's actually the unchristian thing to do to not say anything about all of this. You know? Well, I just want to thank you. And I'm so glad that you've written the book, Awake and Alive to Truth, because I'm telling you, this is a book that uh, you ought to get for your family members, especially if they're young and they love rock and roll, they're going to love this book and they'll realize, hey, uh, you know, John Cooper is the real deal. Uh, I hope you'll keep up with all of John's projects and order the fascinating book. You actually get it now because it is out, Awake and Alive to Truth, through his website, johnlcooper.com. Follow him also on social media. Don't miss it. Stay with Huckabee for the holiday season. Our lineup of guests include Nick Walenda, Ronnie Millsap, Matthew McConaughey, and more. Spend the holidays with Huckabee. Best-selling comedian Shonda Pierce and celebrate Christmas with Point of Grace. And welcome back. How about a big hand for Trey Corley and the Music City Connection? Yes. Well, the pandemic and the election have a lot of Americans worried about their finances. Art Alley is the president of the Timothy Plan, America's top biblically-based mutual fund group. And we welcome back to our show Dan Celia, the CEO of Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, host of the radio and TV series Financial Issues. Both of them have a countercultural, effective method of handling money. Would you please welcome Art Alley and Dan Celia. Good to have you guys here. 
Art, a lot of people are really worried. We don't yet know how this election is really going to turn out and what may happen in the Senate. Should people be concerned about their money right now? People are always concerned about their money, Gov. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, they really are, but uh, they're overly concerned in some cases. Okay. Right now, you got to be careful. Uh, we're being careful. We don't know how it's going to turn out. Well, we know how it should turn out. Yeah. I mean, but who knows uh, with the corruption and all. Uh, so they do need to be careful. Uh, but from what we do, they also, if they're a Bible-believing Christian need to be biblical about how they do things. And what does that mean, to be biblical about your money and, and investments? Because a lot of people say, well, how does, how does the Bible figure into that? Well, the Bible figures into handling money more than any other subject. Huh. In fact, the only, the second thing I, the first thing I ever wrote was a biblical stewardship study guide, nine hours long. Wow. Of what the Bible says about handling money from cradle to grave because we get all of our training on handling money from the world's perspective, mm. not from the church. And it's exactly the opposite of what God's word says. And so that's why people are always in, in stress and, and anxiety over the money. If they do it God's way, uh, they're gonna be in total uh, peace and comfort. And that's what we try to bring. Uh, the one thing to answer your question, I, I got off a little bit, uh, that we bring to the table is we will not invest in corporations that are funding an unholy agenda. Mm. What people do when they just carelessly invest without thinking about who they're really owning, and I don't mean careless, but when they're not thinking about yeah. that. Um, one of my good friends, Kevin Freeman, once made a, a, a profound statement to our board of trustees. And he said, if you're not carefully screening how you invest the money God's entrusted to you, you could inadvertently be funding your own destruction. Wow. No. We got to quit funding the bad guys. You never that, think that's about what we that. Bring to the mm -hmm. table. Dan, you've been with us before. We've <clears throat> talked about the anxiety people have. They're afraid, what if I put it in the stock market? It all falls apart. If you were advising me or anybody in this audience tonight what to do with the resources that we've worked really hard to acquire, what advice would you give the person in light of the political climate right now? Well, in light of the political uh, climate, I'd probably tell them to sit tight. Don't do anything drastic. Don't make any uh, big changes. A lot of people panicked uh, the night after the election, got out of the markets. A lot of people panicked before the election, depending on yeah. what they thought was going to happen. And, you know, I think one of the things that we always forget that if we have a good strategy and we believe in it, we've got to stick to it. And if we're not going to be able to stick to it, maybe we're on the verge of retirement where we're, we're older and we want to just uh, protect what we have, then you shouldn't be in the markets. But the worst thing we can do is move our money based on news. because uh, And that's what yeah. we tend to do. Hey, the news is good. I'm getting in. That means you're buying high. <laughs> news is bad. I better get out. And, you know, that's what most people do. It's the worst thing you can do. So don't be driven by the media or the party-run media, as I call it now. Well, that's really the truth. You know, and, and I do hear sometimes uh, people say, don't get in a hurry about things. 
The Timothy plan that you created, Art, is unique in that you take people's funds in a, in a mutual fund and invest them in things that are not offensive to a believer. So let's just be blunt. How successful is the Timothy plan compared to other mutual funds? Because, I mean, people say, well, I'd love to do a biblically-based thing, but if I only get half the return, it may not be worthwhile. So how's the Timothy plan doing? That's the question I'm glad you asked, because when we started this 26 years ago, my friends on Wall Street said, you can't do this. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? You cannot get good investment returns and screen out some of the largest, most profitable companies in the universe of stocks available. And my answer then was my answer now. Hmm. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, obedience trumps performance every single time. Hmm. If you're not, there's a world of stocks to invest in. But what we've proven over 26 years is you don't have to sacrifice investment returns. We get very competitive returns because we got outstanding money management firms managing each of our 12 mutual funds. That's pretty impressive. So Dan, my question to you, if the Democrats were to take everything, the White House, the Senate, the House, uh, they've said they're gonna raise taxes, they're gonna open the borders, uh, they're gonna go back to a globalist mindset. What does that do to the economy of the United States and more specifically, to individual families and their household income? Yeah, it's gonna impact individual families dramatically. I think it's gonna be six months, seven months uh, into that kind of mentality for that to happen. But we're not, we're not gonna survive from that. We're not, we're not gonna ever be able uh, possibly to go back to what we had. What we're, we could possibly have is an administration similar to what we had for eight years. And that was a do-nothing economy. It was a horrible economy. Yeah, I think it's important that uh, people realize it's not about the political parties. It's about the financial principles they live by. And uh, look, there's no way we can exhaust all the knowledge these guys have. But there's a way that you can get more of it than we have the opportunity to talk about. So you can learn more about investing in a biblically responsible way by visiting timothyplan.com. That's timothyplan.com. Also, financialissues.org. You can follow Art Alley and Dan Celia on social media as well. Just check it out right there on your screen. Coming up, Mike gives his two cents to your comments and questions. Stay with Huckabee. MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow AdGovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Yeah. Oh boy, rocking around the Christmas tree. By the way, the set looks terrific tonight and what a great bunch of music we got. Yeah. Getting us in the Christmas spirit. I've got my Christmas tie on. Yeah, that's only gonna wear good. this once a you know year. Yeah. One month. So I got You're gonna give it to me after Christmas, right? I am. Okay. By the way, you know, I don't know if you noticed this, but it's a waffle house. Waffle tie. house. Yeah. Wow. Waffle House, my happy place. Wow. <laughs> yes, it is. Some people have more exotic places, but that's for me. All right. Uh, it is now time to check our mailbox because we want to see what kinds of questions that you have been leaving for us so I can give you my two cents. Keith, what you got for us? Oh, boy. I hope oh you're boy. ready for this. Well, oh James boy. in Texas is concerned. He should be. He asked. 
with the, all the apparent proof of cheating in the presidential election, how does Attorney General Barr not have any evidence of cheating? Hmm. He worries me a lot. Hmm. Well, I don't know what he has. I don't know what he's seen. I do know that I've heard people in the press say, well, there's no evidence. But then I see hundreds of affidavits, which are sworn statements where people have sworn under penalty of perjury, which means a prison sentence if they're lying about it, who specifically talk about fraud, who specifically talk about cheating in the elections. And I just can't imagine that hundreds of people would risk going to prison just to make a statement that they know is not true, unless they know it is true and they're willing to risk probably their friendships and maybe their lives to stick their neck out there and say it. So if the, if the attorney general is looking at something, I hope he's acting upon it. Maybe he's just a sly fox, I don't know. But we need to know what happened and if we don't, we've lost our country. There you go. Well, Peggy has a pointed question Ooh, for you. pointed. Yes, Mike Huckabee, do you believe God has his hand on Donald J. Trump? Why or why not? Well, Peggy, let me give you that answer this way. I believe God has his hand on all of us. I'm not trying to evade your question. But to say, does God have his hand on Donald Trump? Of course he does. But I believe God could have his hand on anyone. We're supposed to pray for the people in power, regardless of who they are. Uh, whether it's Barack Obama or Joe Biden or Donald Trump or George Bush, we're supposed to pray for those in authority. So I would say the degree to which God's hand is upon our leaders may be incumbent upon how much we are praying for them. And the Bible says very clearly that the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wishes. So let's not ever think that a politician is so big that God can't turn them and move them. But it does mean we have to pray. Well, yeah. Louise. Uh -huh. From Florida. Oh, yeah. I hope she's got her mask on because okay. she is spitting mad. Spitting mad. That's mad. You should be standing behind our president and not saying you're going to miss him. This is throwing him under the bus. Have you gone over to the dark side? <laughs> the election is not over. Our president is fighting for every legal vote. You should be too, you hypocrite <laughs> and whitewashed tomb. <laughs> what do you really stand for? All the good President as Trump has done will be gone and reversed in a heartbeat. And in some way, you are complicit. Whoa, Louise, that darling. That is Louise from Florida, uh, not me, I okay? think she, I agree, she's spitting <laughs> mad, that's right. Louise, I don't know where you get some of this stuff. I have been very, very vocal and clear that I'm gonna wait until we have all of the evidence before I decide how this whole thing has turned out. That's what I've been saying. I've even said it here tonight. So, Louise, calm, green tea, good for thee. And I hope that you will know that I've been very grateful for the things the president has done and a big supporter and will continue to be. Now, all of the rest of you who aren't spitting mad, be sure to leave your questions, your comments, or your vitriol, if you like, in the comments on our YouTube channel or send them to my two cents at tbn.tv. Well, are you in need of a good time? Go to Huckabee.tv and get your free tickets to Huckabee here in Music City. Comedian Shonda Pierce is coming up. Don't go away.
next week for special guest daredevil aerialist Nick Walenda. That is going to be a great show. Nick Walenda with us. I think he's going to stretch a big wire across our theater. And Keith, Trey, and I are going to be taught how to walk a higher wire uh, next yes. week. They're going to go first, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And if they do okay, then I will follow right after them. Uh, uh, not. I'm not no, going to do that. No. Hey, Shonda Pierce is the record industry's best-selling female comedian of all time. Never has anybody sold as many recordings of comedy as Shonda Pierce. She's also a very special friend of our show, and now she's moved into the world of video streaming with her new special called LOL, Laughing Online. We're going to talk more about that, but right now, please welcome one of our very favorites, the hilarious Shonda Pierce. I feel so much better. I'm thinking of spraying this in my mouth. My mother did when I was a kid, but for other reasons. <laughs> Guys, it's so good to see you. The way the chairs are out here, it's like a little comedy club. I think it's wonderful. If you went to the right church, you could have a beverage. <laughs> so evidently you don't go to that church. It is so good to be with the governor. It always is. It's so good to see you. I'm so excited about Christmas. It takes a while for me. I kind of went through some grieving times and all, and now I'm all excited about Christmas and hanging ornaments and all of that. I even got out the old nativity set my mother gave me. You know, the plastic ones that, like, the paint dries off of it, and it's just like five scary ghosts in my front yard now. <laughs> And there's light bulbs sticking up the wise men's skirts. And when the wind blows and it's a really bad storm, they all blow through the neighborhood and you have to go get them. And it's probably not a good witness to ask your neighbors if you can get Jesus out of their bushes. It's just terrible. And don't you love the people that decorate and they have the nativity and then they have Santa and then they have the big, you know, scary float blow thing, the little, you know, that looks like cloth hanging where people are, you can't tell if they're decorating for Christmas or hanging out their laundry. And then when they t unplug it, they all just drop dead, just you know, like, uh, it's just hysterical. There couldn't be any more things festive than people's laundry laying in the yard. And I'm from Tennessee, so it's just, we are decorated all year long, you know. It's just so wonderful. And so what's so funny is one year, we were so, you know, we, we got a little aggravated. So we took one of the wise men and we wired him to the front of my husband's car because... That was the last man that ever asked for directions, and <laughs> it helped a lot. We, we, we started finding the church more often, um, other than just Easter and Christmas, so that we probably should have found it a little more, and, then, and thus the Lysol spray. 
<laughs> I just think that's funny. I loved, I grew up a preacher's kid, so the Christmas of, you know, season for a pastor's family is so joyful. It is the worst time in a pastor's house. There is so much going on at church, and you have to smile because Jesus was born. And then you'd have the, you know, I was a kid. Let me tell you something. I thought all the wise men, all the wise men wore terry cloth robes. I thought that my whole life. I thought, if you're going to be in Jerusalem or Bethlehem, it was years. When I started going to Israel with a governor, I realized they didn't even have terry cloth back then. <laughs> or plaid Tommy Hilfiger, what happened? Uh, They were wearing something entirely different. And then Mary, why is it that Mary is always draped in a blue sheet? Why is, and why is it blue? I think it should have been like, you know, tie-dye. That would have been really cool. Cause I mean, she went through the whole birth process with no drugs. They should have at least given her a tie-dye sheet, you know. But they always in blue. It's so funny. And so one year I got to be Mary, which, you know, that's the prestigious thing. As a young girl, you get to play Mary in the nativity thing. And so um, I didn't like the doll that they wanted us to use. So I got my own doll and uh, Susie wet me. And... (laughs) Just not a spiritual governor when... um, when Mary walks in and Jesus has just peed everywhere, <laughs> I wanted it to be authentic, so it didn't use pampers, and, and it just was a stream of living water. And so, <laughs> it's so wonderful to be here and do these jokes. I'm going to hell probably for sure. <laughs> But I'll get saved at the Christmas service. Always do. Always do. They saved that last Advent candle just for me. <laughs> and I've gotten saved every year. Every Christmas I get saved because uh, the, you know, a baby in a manger is actually precious. The, the sweet aroma of the hope that came at the Christmas season, it is everything for Christians. And now what's so great is I'm peeing in my pants every year. And so it's good to see you guys. Thanks for having me. You? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's right. We're in hey. here. Well, you know, you realize that stuff's worth like $300 an ounce now. You're just squirting it out there like I it's know. free. They, they thought I was just going to use it as a prop. I'm taking it. I was going to say. I, you can't find Lysol on the shelf. No. You can't find Lysol white. We will auction that and probably raise $1,000 for charity. Hey, I'm an out-of-work comic. You know, you're not. I'm selling <laughs> this stuff. <laughs> You know, it's been a tough year. I mean, comedians uh, and performers of all kinds haven't been able to do their stuff. You've created a, a new venue. Thank you. Laughing Online, LOL. And you know, How it's clever. fascinating. Last night was our first try. Yeah. It is a theater, and they've taken little, it's like they have little baby iPads all over the room, and 250 people are on those. And here was the thing that was so amazing last night. You walk out, 
you guys, you're all used to seeing us in yeah. our element. Uh -huh. You know, you're, they see you in your element and they see you on stage. You get to see their faces and they're laughing and that's what we do and we, that's what I do all the time. I haven't done that for a long, long time because of the <laughs> quarantine. But this time you walk out and I get to see the audience in their element. That's so you get neat. to see Susie sitting in front of her kitchen sink and you get to see Mary and her friend sitting on the couch and you get to see how many people don't even put clothes on. <laughs> people I don't know that we want to see that, do we? <laughs> I, I did have a disclaimer at the beginning. You cannot buy a ticket for this unless you wear pants. That's and probably a good idea. I, you know, you just, it changes the whole feel of the show when people are sitting there in their drawers. <laughs> and it's... Well, they'll probably put it on a different network, is all I'm saying. Yeah. And, but it was fascinating. It was fascinating. I had the great Tim Hawkins for my first oh, try. Yeah, and then December funny. the 15th, we do it again, and Mark Lowry is my guest. That's great. And so I'm tired of everybody thinking we should get married. So I'm going to um, <laughs> I'm going to seal the deal and tell everybody there's not enough Ritalin in the world. <laughs> We so need laughter, and you know, I mean, I love your stuff. It's funny. Uh, you're a little irreverent sometimes. Oh, no, I'm yeah, not. you are too, Shonda. But in a delightful way. Is that way. why I haven't heard from you in a while? No, because I've been afraid that you would give me COVID. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> you no, know, you know what? I play game show, well, uh, word shows with your wife. Online. I bet you did. And I hear a lot of words out of her mouth you wouldn't. <laughs> Probably directed at me. I, absolutely, every one of them. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, in all seriousness, I love the fact that you are able to entertain people, whether they're in churches or in civic arenas, but you keep the comedy coming and you always make us laugh because you tell us things that we've lived with. Yeah. And I hope people will continue to follow you on Laughing on Line. And it's going to be fun. And Shauna, we want you back anytime you can come. In the meantime, Keith, I want you to tell the viewers where they can get a whole lot more of some much needed comedy of Shonda Pierce. Well, as you heard, Shonda recently launched her own on-air streaming talk show. Head over to awakeningevents.com to buy tickets for her next show, streaming on December 15th. And for everything else she's up to, follow her on social media. Up next, Point of Grace brings the Christmas cheer. Don't go away. Many of my family favorite Christmas songs are sung by, by next guest, Point of Grace. Now, I've known these ladies since they were college students at my alma mater, Washita Baptist University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. They have filled arenas and large auditoriums, but they've also performed at a very special wedding at St. John Virgin Islands for another alumni of Washita Baptist, my daughter Sarah. They've just released a nostalgia-filled Christmas special on DVD called A Point of Grace Christmas. It is their first Christmas special intimately recorded from their home to yours. A Point of Grace Christmas, filled with holiday stories and songs like Tennessee Christmas, Mary Did You Know, and The First Noel by Denise, Lee, and Shelley, with special guest Michael W. Smith. Now you can get your copy along with their book, How You Live, all about the life lessons that they've acquired as wives, mothers, and artists by going to their website, pointofgrace.net. 
And after the show, go to Huckabee.tv for an online exclusive performance of Emmanuel. Now, here to perform are my dear friends, Point of Grace. Sing, heaven and nature sing. 